First Corinthians chapter three, verse nine says this, for we are laborers together with God. Did you know that you're a laborer with God, that you're working with God alongside God? You never thought about that, did you? We're laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and other buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, Precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned... He shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Somebody say amen. Today, I'm going to talk to you on this topic. Building on a sure foundation. Building on a sure foundation. Building on a sure foundation. The Lord woke me up Thursday morning with, 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 the, with, with, the, with the word of the Lord. Just got up, foundation, foundation, foundation. That's what he woke me up and said, foundation, all in my soul, all in my spirit. When he wake, wake you up like that, you go to the computer before you even pray. Because you, when God gives you a word, you don't want to let it slip. When God gives you a word, write it down. When God gives you a word, go straight to the Bible and start working with it. Because God will give you a word. And once you receive it, he will start instructing you as you go along. And so he will use that day, the next day, and the next day, and just keep teaching you in, in the things of daily life how that word will work in your life. And so foundation, foundation is what he put into my spirit. Lord, one more time, we ask you to bless your people. Move upon us today. Demonstrate who you are among us, Lord God. Do a great work in the heart, in the mind, in the life of your people today. Oh, God, that we will not walk out of here the same way, but change will come to us, Lord God, and that we will receive of you whatever you will serve up to us today, Lord God, that we may eat of this bread and that, Father, we will allow it to transform our life and that it will not just be a word that we heard, but it will be a word that will cause us to be transformed, a word, Lord God, that will cause us, Lord Jesus, to change our deeds and begin to do what you say we must do. Lord, we give you honor, praise, and thanksgiving. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Building on a sure foundation. A sure foundation. A foundation is the origin, the beginning of the base of, of, of a structure or, 
or, or a building. It, it is the base of when you're building a building or when you're rearing up a structure. Foundation is, is, is what's at the base. Foundation must be first laid before you can build anything of a good structure or a good building. It is what keeps the structure of the building stable. So if you want the building or the structure that is being built to be stable, there must be a great foundation. If a structure or a building does not have a sure foundation, it will be easily destroyed. It will not last. Somebody say foundation. The foundation of a structure or a building is usually below the surface of the ground. So, so when you're looking for the foundation, you will never really see the foundation because the foundation is below the surface of the ground. If you want to build a massive structure or a massive building, you have to make sure the foundation is deep. You have to make sure the foundation is sure. And so you can't just lay the foundation above or shallow above the earth. You got to take the foundation deep if you want the structure to be big. You want it to be high. It must be a solid foundation way below the surface of the ground. You cannot see it, yet without it, the building, that building is worthless and do not stand the chance. Foundation. It it doesn't get seen a lot, but it's, it's the most important place, the most important portion when you're building a building or a structure. I've taught you many times through scripture, how scripture work in a lot of ways, how Jesus taught. Jesus taught in parables using the natural realities we are familiar with to demonstrate spiritual things we have not yet seen. So Jesus so have throughout scripture used natural realities that, that we're familiar with. He, that, 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 that's the best teaching that anybody can do. And if, if, if a man of God or woman of God going to teach and be effective, we have to use the natural realities of this life in order to bring spiritual understanding that we have not yet seen. And so in this particular case, the Lord is showing us something he wants us to understand, which is how to build a building. And he says, that the foundation must be sure in order to build a really good building. And so if you want a building to be strong, you want a building to last, you must focus on the foundation first before you can start building this building. And so that's something in the natural. That's reality. That's that's, that's something that you know and you can see. But now he wants us to look at the spiritual portion of it to say, okay, I want you to understand how to get the spiritual part of your life right. I've taught you how the building is going to be built. And so just like the building will be built and be strong, uh, it's the same way your spiritual life, your Christian life uh, will be built and be strong. Uh, If you want your spiritual life to be strong, uh, it's going to have to have a strong foundation. Uh, There's people that are trying to live for God. Uh, There's people that that are going to church with the right mindset to say, I want to serve God. Uh, but, But their foundation was not established. It was it was not laid properly and so no matter how hard they tried they're they're failing because the foundation that they started out with wasn't a good foundation you could be in a good church and still not have the right foundation you can be in a church that teaches and preaches the truth but if your foundation is not right your life will not be right 
The foundation must be right. The foundation can't be changed. The the foundation cannot be played with because if the foundation is no good, the whole thing you're doing will be worthless because the foundation is very important. So in this text, God uses the natural reality of building a building to demonstrate how we must build our spiritual life, how we must build our Christian life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, what we just read in verse 10, he says, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. First of all, we got to realize that the foundation is first, but there must be a building resurrected on top of the foundation. Uh, Somebody say amen. First, Paul says he is a wise master builder, which is what we're all supposed to be. I'm not just a builder, but I'm a wise master builder. I'm not just any kind of builder, but I'm a master builder. The word wise here means skillful or judicious builder, a master builder. A master means he is very knowledgeable. He's a very knowledgeable builder, which is the case in he referring to a spiritual life or a Christian life. So Paul is trying to let us know that he is a wise master builder at building Christian lives. He knows what the foundation is for Christian life, and he knows what the building is. That must be resurrected on top of the foundation. He says, I'm wise, I'm skillful, I'm knowledgeable on how to build a strong Christian life. And it starts with a great foundation. It's the foundation that we must make sure is right before we can start building. Paul says, I'm an expert at doing that. He's an expert. He's a wise master builder. And all of us here today as men and women and young people striving to be pleasing unto God, at some point in time, God is expecting us to become a wise master builder. We're supposed to help to build ourselves and build others. Yes, God is the one that increase our ways and how we live. And God is the one that make it work. But we must labor to make this spiritual life work for us. And as it worked for you, you must help others to make sure it worked for them. Somebody say foundation. Paul said, I've laid the foundation. He didn't say he created the foundation or that he is the foundation. Hmm. He said he laid the foundation. It, it, It means he taught and instructed and made known what the foundation is. So Paul is a teacher. He's an instructor on what the foundation and that Christian life supposed to look like and supposed to be like. He is not the foundation, but he's the one that have laid the foundation. He understands what the foundation is supposed to be and what that life is supposed to resemble. Paul says, I'm a wise master builder. Without this foundation, a spiritual Christian life is worthless. Without just knowing, understanding, and without having the foundation, our life is worthless. And sometimes, you know, nobody wants to tell us, but we need to learn how to be honest with God and be honest with ourselves. And sometimes we don't need to, we we need to give people an opportunity to tell us truth. This is my man right here. 
He did something third that blew my mind. He was just honest and straight up. He said something to me, and I said, really? He said, yeah, man, yeah, absolutely. But but that was just him being honest and just telling the truth, saying this is how some things ought to be, and this is what you got to do sometimes. I, I respect that, and all of us as people need to get to the place where we can say, tell me the truth. We need to get to a place where we can say, whatever it takes to make sure I, I, I'm, I'm right on track, or I'm starting with the right foundation, or if my stuff is all messed up and wrong. Tell me the truth if things is not right with me. Tell me the truth if it's not working the way it needs to be because it's too important for me to get this wrong. Uh, this is not like a job where you can get fired and get another one. Uh, this is not like, you know, finances where you can lose out on your money and you can go get it back together. This is eternity. You only got one soul uh, and if you ruin that one soul, you can't spend eternity with Jesus. Uh, you must uh, get this thing right. You must make this work. Uh, this is not like like anything else. We can't make this like anything else. We got to do everything in our power to get this right. The first thing you need to always say is, God, give me an honest heart. God, give me an honest heart. You better not deceive yourself. You better not fool yourself to think you're honest when you're not. Say, God, give me an honest heart. The Bible says our heart is evil and deceitfully wicked. We don't know our heart. And so we got to go to God and say, God, give me an honest heart. What that mean? Your heart could be messed up, but if you're honest, you've got some ways to go. You follow what I'm saying? You can be a mess, but be honest. What God says, I'll rather you be hot or cold. I don't need you to be lukewarm pretending that you're okay when you're not. I need you to either say, I'm a mess, Lord. Help me to know truth and to get it right. Or you know, God, I'm doing my best and I'm working with you. Help me to keep being better. But when you go middle ground and act like you're okay when you're not, that's the worst place to be. God says, be hot or be cold. I got you. God is not offended. He's not worried about you being cold. He went to the cross to save people that are cold. He died for people that are cold. He gave his life for people that are messed up. So you being messed up, you being cold, you not being where you need to be, God is not offended by that. He said, I gave my life for that. I can fix that. The question is, do you have an honest heart to say to yourself, heart ain't right, God. Stuff ain't good. I need you to help me, Lord. I need, you, I need you to give me an honest heart so I can assess myself honestly so I can do what I need to do. Paul said he laid the foundation. Without this foundation, spiritual life is worthless. We do not stand a chance ever being a successful Christian without the proper foundation. That foundation that Paul said he has laid. If we don't have that foundation in our life, we can't make it. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Hmm. The foundation Paul laid, the foundation that Paul is talking about is Jesus Christ. A lot of us feel like because we hear that name and we go to church and we hear that name, we feel like we got the foundation thing down pat. And I'm not sure if we really have that foundation thing down pat because we go to a church that talk about Jesus all the time. 
Should I mean I can talk about Jesus all the time, but until you know, until you understand who Jesus is, then you don't have the foundation correct. You can know about the foundation, but you have to know the foundation. And God's purpose for us to start out the building, God's will for us when we start out the building is to know who he is. Mm. We need to know the foundation. The foundation need to be established in our life. Jesus Christ, he is the foundation. That's what, that, that's what Paul's been talking about. That's the scripture. The, the Lord Jesus is the foundation. There is no other sure foundation other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the foundation that all Christians must be built upon. And I don't mean just talk about. A lot of us talk about Jesus Christ. A lot of us talk about it. I was telling Tom this morning, I says, you know what's the difference between being apostolic Pentecostal as opposed to any other religion you want to name? You know what the difference is? And if you are a true blue apostolic Pentecostal, which is what I am and some of you are, if you are true blue that, You, you are at a place where there is nothing else to be added to what you have. Every other religion, they need to add some more to get to that place of understanding the level of an apostolic Pentecostal. Now, you don't have to call them all apostolic Pentecostals because I want to scare you all off and say, make you think it's the name that does it. But what I'm trying to tell you is what we know by obeying this book, you can't add nothing else to it. Can't add anything else to it, Barry. But all the other places you go as far as quote unquote denomination, they're doing all right. But there's things that can be added to what they know. Go to the Bible. I'm not going to go there this morning. But you go to Acts chapter 10. The Bible called Cornelius a man of God, a devout man, probably prayed more than some of me and you. He probably gave more to the church than me and you. But it was a little bit more that he needed to learn. And God sent Peter to him to teach him some more. Why? Because Peter had the package, the entire package. There was nothing more to add to what Peter had. If you are a true blue apostolic, there's, there's nothing else you need to search for. There's nothing else you need to know other than just learning more about the scriptures because you have everything. Because you got the sure foundation. You've got the foundation that God said we need to start with. And when you have the foundation and you build properly on the foundation, all you can do is just keep on expanding the house. But there's nothing else to add. You can just keep learning more. Just keep understanding more. Keep getting God to give you more. We can never know everything about God. But we know that when the foundation is sure who is Jesus, we have started on the right track. There's a lot of churches out there that's trying to get on the right track. They're doing some stuff. And we don't criticize no church because everybody that's striving to know who Jesus is, striving to learn, we want to support them. When we went, on, when we went to Israel, um, it was 30 of us. It was, um, 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 what is it, 14 United Pentecostal Church pastors. 
and and you, we are what you will call the the apostolic Pentecostals. You can't add anything else to what we know. But then there was other denominational preachers, and and we didn't walk around trying to tell them, well, you know, you, you need to understand this. You you know, you don't understand. We just loved them and just was there for them, and we had a great time. And the report came back saying, you know what? There's never been a Kufi trip where United Pentecostal Church and, and, and other denominational people came together and it was just, just a wonderful experience. Everybody loved everybody. We didn't go around telling them what needs to be added. Why? When Cornelius needed to know the truth, the Lord God, the Lord God spoke to him in a dream or in prayer and told him, send for one Peter from Joppa. We don't have to tell people what they don't know. All we got to know is what we know and live what we know. God will open the door for them when it's time for them to know it. We don't have to go around telling people you need to do this and you need to do that. God will touch their heart. God will move on them and they will say, you know, God has spoken to me and I need to do something and if you're right with God you will say yeah and the Lord had told me that so let me help you (laughs) we don't need to tell people what to do God is real and he will show up when it's time he will speak to hearts when it's time to speak to hearts building on a sure foundation he Jesus is the foundation of our life he is our base He is our reason for being. Everything we are and do must fit into the pattern provided by Jesus Christ. So not only is he the base, not only is he the foundation, but he has also allowed us to understand the pattern of what we need to build on top of that foundation. We can't just resurrect some kind of pattern. We can't, we can't put on the foundation whatever we want. God has provided what we need to know. He has given us the pattern on how to build the building on top of the foundation. You can't build this building any kind of way you want. You've got to follow the pattern that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to us. We should be master builders like Paul. And if we are, we will certainly build on the only sure foundation who is Jesus Christ. A wise master builder, we must build ourselves and build others. Somebody say, I must build myself. And build others. God is so. (laughs) The Lord says. Here's the two greatest commandments. We all struggle in understanding. And knowing all of what the Bible says. The do's and the don'ts. Very difficult to know. But I always tell everybody. The best way to handle the Bible as you're studying. When you come into a very difficult situation is you always got to remember these two commandments in Matthew. Well, actually, it doesn't tell you the whole thing in Matthew. I think in in Mark it tells you the whole thing. But here here is what it says here. It says, the first and great commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And we must love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. The second great commandment is like unto the first, that we love our neighbor as we love ourself. It's not wrong with loving yourself. You need to love yourself. This is why you offend God when you have low self-esteem. Didn't think about that, huh? 
God is not a, God is not pleased when you have low self-esteem because he said, I created you in my image. I created you the way you are supposed to be and you are perfect in the way I create you. Why are you having low self-esteem? Why are you thinking less of yourself than you are? That you're offending me because you're saying me as your maker didn't do right. So God is saying, you need to understand I made you just right. You need to love yourself. You need to appreciate who you are. I didn't tell you to be prideful. I didn't tell you to be boastful. I didn't tell you to to be conceited. I just told you love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, guess what? You can't love nobody else. And if you don't love God, you can't love yourself. God got this thing set up real good. Love him, love yourself as you love others. Love others as you love yourself. There's so much of our world, you know, I always think about when I fly in an airplane, I, it, something don't, don't work right with me, but, but, but it's the way it is, but it's, it's actually scriptural. And, and what it is is they always tell you that if there's, in the event of emergency, you know, and, and, and the mask got to come down and you got to put on your, you know, your life vest and all that stuff. They said, if you have children next to you, put yours on first. Then put the children's on. Now, I always don't like that. You know, we love our children so much. I can't even picture doing that. But they were just following the book. Because if you don't straighten you out first and get you right, you can't help nobody else. Uh, 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 uh. That's just the way it works. I can't help you until I help myself. That's why the word of God says, if there is a bean in your eye and a moat in your brother's eye, bean is bigger than a moat, by the way. Moat is a speck and bean is a piece of wood. The Bible says if there's a bean in your eye, Brother Scarlet, and, 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 and there's a moat in your brother's eye, the Bible says first... Take the bean out of your eye. Why? How in the world are you going to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye when you got a big old bean, a big old plank in your eye and you can't see? Can't take it out of his. Can't take it out of hers. So that's why it's important. These are some of the things that God has helped me to understand. That's why it's important to handle your business first before you can handle nobody else. And it's the same thing in the positive. If I'm going to help you, if I'm going to help you grow in God, if I'm going to teach you about the foundation, the foundation got to be right in my life. Uh, The work of God got to be right in my life so I can help you get right in your life. For whatever reason, I don't know how it worked. God knows how it worked. But if you're not right and you try to help somebody, they won't be right. You can tell them the truth as it is. It just won't work. Just won't work. But if you do it and you tell it, it'll work. Building on a sure foundation. Are you building your spiritual life on a sure foundation, which is Jesus Christ, or you're building your spiritual life on a faulty foundation? It'll be, it'll, be a, it'll be a shame to do all this work building, do all this work building. And at the end of the day, you was built, building on not the right foundation and, and, and building faulty, using faulty materials to build. We can't build on false doctrine on the sure foundation. 
We can't build with our emotions on the sure foundation. We can't build because circumstances and things that go wrong in our life. We can't use those things to build on the sure foundation. Lies cannot be used to be built on the sure foundation. The knowledge of man or the knowledge of this world, it can't be used on the sure foundation. We've got a sure foundation and the foundation is Jesus Christ. And we can only put the right material on that foundation. Some of the foundation, some of the materials that we're trying to put on the sure foundation, God is not pleased. The building will not stay upright. It will not stay erected because it is not the right material you're using to put on the building. We can't use our own intellect to build. The Bible wants us to know God, even though he is the foundation, he's also given the pattern of the materials that we need to use to build the building. He's not only the foundation, but he also gives instruction of what kind of pattern, what kind of material we ought to use to make sure the building is built correctly, to make sure the building can stand, to make sure the building cannot be destroyed. Now, if any man built upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, notice the kind of material that is described here. You notice? It says gold, silver, precious stones. Then it says wood, hay, stubble. We can't take worthless or low-valued material and put on a valuable material. We, we can't do that. We, we, what we're trying to do when we don't do this thing right is we're trying to mix silver and wood. We're trying to mix stubble and gold. We're trying to mix hay and precious stones. We, those things don't mix. And so when we're trying to build on this foundation, which is our spiritual life, we're trying to build and we're using the wrong material. The house is not strong. The house will not last. It is not durable. It's not valuable. And God can't allow things that are, are, are worthless to be placed upon him who is priceless. If he is the foundation and he is the foundation, what shall we build upon the foundation? We can't put false doctrine on the foundation. We can't put lies on the foundation. We can't put the knowledge of man on the foundation. We can't put the knowledge of the world on the foundation. We can't put our emotion on the foundation. We're putting all kinds of things on the foundation of God. And God is saying the building won't last. That's not the right material. But we're building anyway. And God wants us to know we keep building using the wrong material. That house will come down. That house will be destroyed. We got to use the correct material for the house that's being built. Driving this morning, God dropped something in my spirit. I don't need you to be faithful to church. That just came to my mind this morning. There's some things that God do that messes with our traditional way of thinking. Because, listen, 
Your sin is not your greatest obstacle. Tradition is your greatest obstacle in trying to live for God. This is just what we always done. That will get you in trouble more than your sin because when you're sinning, you know you're sinning and you know you got to get it right. Tradition, you turn it into doctrine. We do. We turn tradition into doctrine. And so I'm just driving along this morning. The Lord just puts something in my spirit and says, I don't need people to be faithful to church. I need them to be faithful to me. Because when they're faithful to me, it's automatic that they go to church. But if they're faithful to church, when church don't work right, they won't go to church no more. I need people to be faithful to me. And when they're faithful to me, they will go to church. You will know why you go to church. You won't go to church because it's your tradition. You won't go to church because it's the thing to do. You will go to church because you are faithful to Jesus. We're not supposed to go to church because it's the traditional thing. You know what, what made him put that in my mind? I'm just driving down Greenwood Avenue this morning to go pick up one of the brothers. And I'm driving down and I saw this elderly lady just taking her sweet time walking to church. And it put a smile on my face. And then right away the question is, is she going to church because she's faithful to church or she's going to church because she's faithful to me? just something for us to think about what are we doing why are we doing it is it because it's a good thing to do is it because it's 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 traditionally what we do or is it because we're being faithful to god god wants us to be faithful to him and not faithful to things the church is his body and he loves the church but at the end of the day he is more worried about are you doing it for him or you're doing it for things. We can't just add any kind of material onto this sure foundation. The same is true when building our spiritual life. We can't, we, we can't just put anything in our life. We can't just take anything. We, we, we sometimes overlook uh, you know, what we're doing with our life. We don't understand how precious our life is. We don't understand what God think about our life. God, look at you as a masterpiece, Brother Sam. You are a masterpiece of God. You're precious to God. And God is saying, you don't understand what I think about you. And if you can ever think and understand about how I think about you, you won't just put anything in your life. You won't just do anything in your life because you're a masterpiece. And you can't just let anything be placed in your life. You are the masterpiece of God. You are that spiritual building that God is building. And he wants to make sure the best material is being used. You are supposed to use the best material to build up your spiritual life. You're a masterpiece. You are just incredible to God. God knows you by name. God knows every hair on your head by number. God knew the day you was going to be born. God know every secret that you have. God know everything that's going on in your mind right now. God cares more about you than anybody else. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not throw you off. God loves you more than anything else. He said, do you think I just went to the cross for no reason? Do you know how hard it was to go through what I went through for you? Don't you know how much I love you? Yeah, 
God loves you. You're his masterpiece. He said, but don't put just any kind of material on the foundation. I'm going to build you. I'm going to make you that you cannot be destroyed. That you will be indestructible. Your God masterpiece. Treat yourself like your God masterpiece. Treat yourself like you're special. Treat yourself like you know how real God is. Treat yourself for all the sacrifice that God made for you. God made so much sacrifice for you. We we overlooking God thinking he God he can do it all. No, the Bible says when it was time to go to the cross, he said, I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to go to the cross. I can't do it. It's too much. Let this cup pass. I can't. It's hard. We want to make it like, because he's God. He can just do it. No, he just couldn't just do it. He needed strength to do it. He had to pray to do it. And he did it all for you and me. You can't treat yourself just like any kind of way. Peasants and prince and kings and queens and princesses, they don't mix. Servants and kings and queens, they don't mix. You are a precious child of God. You can't just mix with anything. You can't just put anything in your life. You're a child of God. You're precious. You're being built with precious stones. You're being built out of the best materials that life can offer. God is building you. We want to make the world. The world can't tempt me. I know it's just me saying that and it's me. I'm sorry, but I'm just telling you. uh, I lived in the world. I thank God I made it out of the world and got out of my sins. Uh, But I dare the devil and I double dare him to keep trying. uh, Because the world can call me, uh, but the world will never see me. Uh, The world can't offer me nothing. Uh, What God has for me uh, is precious stones. Uh, What God has for me uh, is gold uh, and diamonds and pearls and gems. God has the very best. The world can't give me what God has for me. Hard to make a decision because we're struggling. Should I or should I? It's not a struggle, people. Don't make it a struggle. What God has for you, what God can do for you, nothing else can be better. My son asked me, my oldest son asked me last night, boy, if that boy can ever just trust God and let go of everything. You know, I ain't bragging on my kids, but I am bragging on my kids. My kids are spiritual. God passed down the gene, trust me. And they're spiritual. And whatever they do with it, they need to make the choice what they're going to do. But we were just having a decent conversation. He talking about, you know, how do you do it, Dad? How do you do it? Because what you're doing, I know it becomes lonely. What you're doing, it just everybody just don't do. And he's just going down the line, stuff I'm not thinking about, that he's saying, he's watching, he's saying, how in the world can you do this? Because it got to leave you lonely. And he said, how does that work? And what I told him is, son, what I am striving after and what I'm going after is greater than anything else. And so, yes, sometimes you, man, you wish you can chill and shoot the breeze and do certain things that, you know, everybody else doing. But at the end of the day, will that be more fulfilling to me more than my relationship and just doing what God want me to do?
Nothing. Nothing. This is what make my engine go. Everything about God is what make my engine go. I could have been lost. I could have could have fell by the wayside. But somehow God did something in me that made me say, no matter what, I got to keep on marching. And when I drop and fall down, I said, yeah, I know I'm down right now, but I'm still moving. I'm getting up because my eyes is on Jesus. I'm looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Oh, Raekwon, it's not because I don't mess up. It's not because things don't get hard for me sometimes. It's just where my mind is where my eyes is I don't take it off of God no matter what happens I don't take it off of God I just keep going don't take it off of God what I'm striving for is to please God and there's nothing greater to me than that that gives me the greatest satisfaction in the world athletes are successful Many of them that are successful, professional athletes, they're successful because nothing mattered to them more than being the best at what they do. And so they cut everything out of their life and they just focus on being the best at what they can do. And that's just to be the best athlete in the world. What should we be thinking? I'm talking about eternal life here. I'm not talking about being the best athlete in the world and make a few millions that what they say 80% of professional athletes after they retire 10 years after they retire they're broke. You didn't know that. Young people, 80% of professional athletes 5 to 10 years after they retire they're broke. So they did all of that stuff to be the greatest athlete in the world at what they do. And they get a little, yeah, 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 for a little bit, the, 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 the 10 years that they're just the best. Yay! They make millions, and they live recklessly because they got the money to. And then after they retire, they're broke. They did all of that to get to that place of broke. Just read an article on a guy that, 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 that um, was one of the best athletes. He made not a lot of money because he was only in the league four years made a few millions, probably about five million between the NBA and going over to China to play. He made about five million. Dude was working at McDonald's years later. He said, I got kids to feed and I ain't worried about what nobody think of me. So I, I commend him for that. The point of the story is he spent all his life working to be a great athlete and to make money. He was working at Mickey Don McDonald's. What we're talking about this morning is greater than anything else in the world. We can't allow anything to get in the way of what we're dealing with. And so here is where I'm going to take you in closing. What is the foundation? I kept saying Jesus. You hear me say that. You're saying, yeah, I know Jesus is the foundation. But let me make it clear for you. At the old time, people say, let me make it plain for you. Here is what the foundation is. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to read it. I'm not going to say it, and I'm going to say it slowly so you can hear it. It's too important for me to say it quite fast. Here's the foundation. God is one. He is a spirit. He is a spirit that became a man. 
The man who God became is identified and named Jesus. <laughs> With various other names and titles. Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus, the man God became fully human and fully God all at the same time. So, when we're talking about the foundation, the foundation is the clear, complete understanding of who Jesus is. Because Jesus is the foundation. And here is who he is again. God, who is one, he is a spirit. You go back to Genesis and you read, you see, the Bible says, in the spirit of the Lord, move upon the face of the earth. God, who is one, was a spirit. That spirit became a man. And that man is now identified and have the name Jesus. He still goes by other titles, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus, Lord, whatever you want. But what it comes down to be, you got to get this in your spirit and don't get twisted, is the almighty God that spoke and things happened. He did that as a spirit. He could not be seen while he was creating. Could not be seen because he was a spirit. But he said, what I'm going to have to do to save my people is become one of them. And so he decided that he's going to become a man, Brother Sam. And so through the process of just impregnating Mary, you want me to tell you something deep? That the almighty God, who is a spirit, made himself into a Y chromosome. Oh, that's too heavy for y'all. Y'all got quiet on me. How do we have children? Sperm. X chromosome, Y chromosome, all that stuff. You can't get a boy baby if you don't have a Y chromosome. That's why Joseph wasn't his dad. Mary was his mom for real. Joseph couldn't have been his dad because the, X, the Y chromosome got to come from man. And, and because men had sin in them, no man was good enough to produce that Y chromosome. So God had to become a Y chromosome, impregnate himself into Mary. And be born as a little child. So the almighty God spirit became Y chromosome, impregnated himself in Mary. She got the immaculate conception and now she's pregnant. And here comes the baby boy Jesus being born. And he was still God through the whole process. Still ruling the universe. Still had everything under control through the whole process. He was born. He grew. Became a boy. Don't you know I'll be about my father's business? Became a man. And today we know Jesus Christ. When you get to heaven, you won't see a spirit because you can't see a spirit. When you get to heaven, it won't be three thrones, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. You won't see that. You will see one throne, and you will see the Almighty God whose name that we now know is Jesus. He will be sitting on the throne. Nobody else, no other God, no other deity. Just him. That's the foundation. That's the foundation. 
When you know that, when that gets into your spirit, when that gets into your heart, now you're ready to start building. If that's not what you're built on, you got to go back, destroy that building, destroy that foundation and start over. Because that's what you need to build on. Because when you understand what you're going to stop and say, my God, can he actually do that? He first created the whole world by saying, let there be light. Let the sun come. Let grass come. Let tree come. So he did that, and we couldn't see him doing that. We wasn't here to begin with, but he did that just by, just by speaking, and it happened. And then when it was time to come on the earth, he became Y chromosome, and all of a sudden now he, you know, Mary is pregnant, and, and, and here he comes as a baby boy and still was God, and then he walked the earth and was fully God and fully man at the same time. How is that possible? Because he's God. Now, when you understand how powerful that is, it makes you stop to say, okay, now I understand the value of who he is. When it was time for us to be saved, he said, throughout all the Old Testament, throughout all the Old Testament, God always sent somebody to save his people. Use the man, use the object. Man was used by God to help his people in the olden days get saved. And then the time came that when we needed to be saved here, the church people of God need to be saved. He said, I got to do this myself. See, in the Old Testament, the priests executed the duties of sacrifice of animal where the blood was shed and our sins be forgiven and we get saved. You know, that's how they did in the Old Testament. The priests did it. And Jesus, I always say this, and I mention this to some of you sometimes, I, I, I say this, if we kept going with that principle, man, we wouldn't have any animals in this world. For all the people that's in this world now, we have over 7 billion people in the world, and we all sinning, we wouldn't have no animals, which means we would have no food. We couldn't survive. So he couldn't let it keep going like that. He said it's going to have to be one sacrifice to take care of everything. And so the only person that was qualified to be the one sacrifice for the entire world is God himself. Well, here's the problem. He couldn't be the sacrifice if he, if he remained a spirit. Spirit don't have blood. And the only thing that could remove sin is blood. So he said, in order for me to be that one sacrifice... To save my people from their sin and give them a chance to come and be with me is I'm going to have to become that sacrifice. I'm going to have to become that man that will walk the earth that is sinless. Because there's no man, no woman, no person walking the earth that is sinless. And so I'm going to have to go down there, which means I'm going to have to go to the Y chromosome and all that stuff and become a man so I can die for their sins. Because only one without sin that can take away sin. That's it. Just like one man caused us to start sinning, one man can deliver us from sin. Adam caused us to start sinning. So the whole world sin because of Adam. Jesus said the whole world will have the opportunity to be delivered from sin because of me. So that's why he became a man. That's what we need to understand the foundation is. The materials that he requires to build upon him 
or should we say build upon the foundation? I'm almost done. The material that needs to be used. So now that we understand the foundation, here is how the house is going to be built. Here is how the Christian life is going to be built. Once you know who he is, you have the foundation down pat. So the foundation is laid. The next thing you got to do is repent. Repentance is really realizing that, man, I have been disobedient to God and I have been living my life according to the way I want. And if I'm going to build a spiritual house, I'm going to have to go to God and tell him I have sinned. I've done wrong and please forgive me of my sins. So you got to repent. The next thing you got to do is be baptized. We, we, we sometimes make, make light of that. If we're not baptized, we well, you know, yeah. and we talk ourselves out of that. But I got to tell you, you got to get baptized. How? In the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is the one that died for you. Jesus is the Savior. He's the only one that can save you. So why would you get baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost? Did the father, did you, did you see the father physically? Because the father is the spirit. You couldn't see him. Did you see the, the, the spirit, the Holy Spirit? You can't see. It's only the son of God. Why did he call himself a son? Because he was a son. We make it complicated. How can God be God and be a son? Because he was the son of Mary. And his stepdad name was Joseph. It's simple. It's not hard. How can God call himself a son? Because he was God and a son at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we, we think, how can he be son? Because God is so wonderful that he became all things to all men. That's what Paul said. I became all things to all men that I may win some. But here's what God did. He said, if I'm going to come into the earth, first of all, I'm going to come legally. And secondly, I'm going to do things legally. Everything, he never broke any laws while he walked the earth. So if he would have came on this earth and not understand and recognize that he's a son, he would be illegal. He would be wrong. He's Mary's son. He, could, he had to be the son. So he was the son of God. So here's what we need to build. And I'm almost done. Repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name, not in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. If you have been baptized in titles of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you need to get rebaptized in the name that died for you. Because what we say, we now know the identity of God and his name is Jesus. When you get baptized, you get submerged under water and we pronounce over you as we're submerging water the name of Jesus because that's who died for you. That's who is the Savior. So you must repent. Here is, I'm giving you the, 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 what, we, what we call the pattern that you need to use to build upon the foundation. And the pattern is you've got to repent. You've got to get baptized in the name of Jesus. Then you've got to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And, and you, you want to know if you got it? You will speak in tongues. That's your way of knowing. Do I have it or not? Uh, if I speak in tongues, I know for sure I got it. If I didn't speak in tongues, well, I don't know. I'm not going to burst your bubble and tell you if you don't speak in tongues, you ain't got it. Because that's not true sometimes. 
Sometimes God is working in people, but they're afraid as he move upon them and start moving. They feel themselves speaking another language, and it's, it starts in your mind first, and they hold back. And so God is trying to work through them, and so they never really speak it. So I'm not going to tell you if you never speak it out, you don't have it. But I'm telling you, if you want to make sure you've got it, make sure you keep praying until you hear yourself praying in a language that you don't understand. That's how you make sure. Remember, I told you, you only got one life. You only got one soul, and you can't play games with it. You can't say, okay, I can fix this later. Because if you die in your sin, you will separate from God for all eternity. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. Then you got to build prayer. You got to use prayer on the building, on, on, the, on, on, the, on the foundation. You got to put prayer. Studying of God's word. Then you got to be holy. The Bible says without holiness, no man shall see God. Then you got to be righteous. Righteousness only come from obeying God because when you obey God, that's what makes you righteous. And then you got to put more material godliness. And then you got to put more material kindness. And then you got to put more material love and, and more material joy and more material peace and more material long suffering and more material temperance and more material goodness and more material gentleness those are the materials that you want to use to build this Christian life you want to see God you want to stay on track you got to build the house right start with the proper foundation and add the proper material to the foundation Here is where we're closing at. Verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Here is where I'm closing. If you build your house right or wrong, doesn't matter how you build it, the Lord wants you to know here today that fire will test what kind of house you have built. Fire will test what kind of house you have built. And so your house that you're building, one day, sooner or later, some trials is going to come your way. One day, sooner or later, some test is going to come your way. One day, sooner or later, it's going to happen, and your house will be tested. If you started out with the right foundation, that is great. If, if not, start over and start with the right foundation. Let's say you started with the right foundation. What materials have you used or using to build your house? If you don't, sooner or later, the fire will test it. So here are some things. Remember I told you, tests and trials is different from temptation. Tests and trials is different from temptation. Temptation happens because the devil knows what you lust after, and he tease you with the things that you lust after. That's temptation. Temptation comes from within. So whatever you have in you that you're lusting after, the devil knows, and he tries to put it in front of you to make you reach after it. Trials is beyond your control. Trials is outside of you. It's beyond your control. You can't control what happens when it's trial. So you got to look at your life and say, did I bring this on myself? Did lust bring me here? Or did it just, was it just something that happened? Mother nature just happened. You can't control mother nature. 
So if Mother Nature calls a trial in your life, you can safely say that is a trial. So things outside of you. Sickness is outside of you. You didn't bring that. It just happened. The devil brings sickness on you. And God will decide what he's going to do about that. But here is some of the trials that will come our way for us to be tested on what kind of building have we built and what kind of foundation have we used. Problems with spouse. You and your spouse. Problems. That's some trials there. Problems with you and your children. Problems with parents, because children think we problems too. <laughs> we think, I'm the parent, I'm always right, please. Your kids be thinking you a problem. <laughs> so problems, children thinking parents just get on their nerves and cause them problems. And, and, and they saying, you telling me this, but you don't do this. <laughs> children, hey, don't mess with the kids. They, they might not disrespect you to your face, but, but, but they got problems with us sometimes. And so some of those things are trials that come our way. You know, the, 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 the children are saying the parents is getting on my nerves because they're not right. And then you got family problems. You got relationship problems. You got problems with your job. You got problems with transportation, financial problems, sickness problems, church problems, church problems. And so those are problems that we face, problems trials and tests those things will come to try you to see what kind of house you have built what kind of foundation have you built and so god is trying to find out from us what kind of foundation god loves you so much that he's not going to make you deceive to think that your house what you have built is fine when it's not so he will send the trials. He will send the, 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 the tests for you to be tested to see what kind of house have you built. On what foundation have you built your house upon? And so the trials will come. And if you didn't build your house right, your house going to get burnt up. If you didn't build on the right foundation, your house will be wrecked, destroyed. We must build on the right foundation. If you didn't build on the right foundation, your house will be destroyed. You will not make it. If your foundation is not established, the right foundation, I don't care what you build on it. When the trials come, you'll be destroyed. If you look at it as a spiritual life, if Jesus Christ is not the foundation of your Christian life, when the trials come, you will be destroyed and you, got, you might not make it into heaven. Now, here is the good news. If you build on the right foundation, but you use the wrong material, the house will be destroyed but the foundation will still remain. And God will give you an opportunity to build it right. That's what's beautiful about my God. He said, listen, if the house is destroyed, but it was built upon the right foundation, Sister Hadia, he said, yeah, the trial's going to destroy it. 
yeah, all the stuff that you go through is going to wreck the house. But because you started out right, I'm going to be merciful and give you an opportunity to rebuild that you may receive your just reward for building on the right foundation. If you have not experienced the trials or the tests right now, God certainly will allow it because God is trying to build the greatest masterpiece that he's ever built, and that's you. We've heard it so often that people say God has saved the best for last. He didn't save Peter for last. He didn't save Paul for last. He didn't save Job for last. He didn't save Moses for last. He didn't save Abraham for last. He saved you all, the church, for last. You are his greatest masterpiece that he's ever built. There has never been anything established and built like the church. You are his greatest masterpiece and he will not allow you to be destroyed if you don't want to be destroyed. And so he sent me here to tell you we must build on a sure foundation. We must go back and examine the foundation and examine the materials used to build the building. Because when the trials and the tests come, it's going to destroy your building. If the foundation is right, there will be some remains. Does anybody know what the wailing wall is in Israel? It's where the Jews go and pray and they go before the wall and they pray. But you know what's so special about the wailing wall? It was a temple, a great temple that was laid by the Jews where they go in and worship their God. And when the Romans came in and besieged them, they destroyed their temple. The only thing that was left, the foundation, Brother Sam. <laughs> and that wailing wall is a foundation. And so they said, we got to get to the foundation of where we started, where the building was. And they go before that wall and pray right now because it's the foundation that started that temple. Everything was destroyed. And the only thing that remained was the foundation. That wall, that's called a wailing wall. It is the foundation of the temple of the Jews for years that stood upon the mountaintop, upon the pinnacle of the mountain. And they went in and worshiped. And the Romans came and destroyed it. But they still go to the remains. Every Friday evening at sundown, Shabbat, children, adults, elderlies walk into that place. And they go before the wall. The foundation! They go before that foundation. And they worship their God. Because they said if we don't have nothing left, we have the foundation of what God had established. We got to go back to the foundation. Establish the proper foundation. And then begin to build with the right materials. Will you stand with me today? Matthew 7 and 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine 
and doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. It was founded upon the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. Verse 26, And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which build his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. If you want it last and you want to be able to make it you're going to have to establish the proper foundation today and I want to tell you today I believe it's important it's important to me it's important to God that you start out today by acknowledging Jesus the foundation and that foundation is who he is You need to go to him this morning, this afternoon, in great reverence, and and, and establish that foundation. Tear down that temple that you may have put false, faulty material on top of. That that foundation. Tear it down and, and rebuild. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I implore you that you make that decision today. Tomorrow is not promised unto you and no one can get to heaven without being baptized in Jesus' name. No one. You can ask me any question you want about that and I'm going to say, listen, I don't know about that question, but I'm going to go by what God says. If you're not born again of the water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so I can't answer what if and what if. Those are all what ifs. I don't know about what ifs. I only can go by what God says. What we talked about last week had God said. That's all I can go by. And so if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, I employ you. Make that decision today to be baptized in Jesus' name. Will you bow your heads today? Will you talk to the Lord about your foundation? Will you reestablish the proper foundation in your life? Will you begin to pray and ask God to let the right materials be added? Repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name. Oh, prayer and studying the Word of God. Gentleness, goodness, love, godliness, long-suffering, temperance. Oh, God, that the materials that I use will be godly material to follow the pattern that you have established. Oh, somebody, God wants you to make a decision today. Will you make a decision today on the foundation Establish the right foundation. Will you give your life to God today? Will you give your heart to God today? Will you commit your ways to God today and say, I want to be saved. 
I don't know when the trials are going to come. And if I have not established the right foundation, if I have not done and built with the right materials, I'm going to be destroyed and I will never make it.